Hello, everybody. My name is Lon Strohschein, former public company executive turned lifestyle engineer. One year ago, I left my job as a public company executive, and I left without a resume, without another job, without a Rolodex of clients. But I left anyway. I left believing that the best years of my life were in front of me and knowing that they weren't going to be found where I was standing. I left and my mission has become to inspire the lives of a thousand dudes, to inspire the dude I used to be, to go do the things they want to do. My job here is to give you courage to finally act. And it's to remind you that dude, at this stage in life, nobody shows up to do it for you, but I'm here and I'll travel that highway with you. Thanks for being here. Enjoy this episode. We'll see you along the normal 40 highway. everyone. My name is Lon Strohschein, founder of The Normal 40, and I am super excited that you are here. Well, look, this podcast is already starting off a little bit different because uh, where the heck is Adam, man? I mean, we're used to hearing Adam at this point. Hey, look, uh, this podcast is going to be just a little bit different. This podcast is going to be of a ramble that I had with someone uh, in September of 2022, I, I had at that point at only uh, Adam and I had only started the podcast. We had about two episodes out and this cat reached out to me. His name's Jeff Donaldson. He reached out to me and he asked for a phone call, just like so many of you do and have done over the course of the last several months. And every time I, I get an invite, I of course, you know, automatically accept them. And then usually weeks go by and up on my screen appears this reminder to join this ramble. And that's exactly what happened when I hit join meeting and was connected with Jeff. I did not know going in what Jeff's story was. I didn't know what his background was. I didn't know what he wanted to talk about. And I didn't know, I didn't have a clue. I never have a clue where the story is going to lead. And I never have a clue how a ramble is going to end. And every time I hit join meeting, I, I have this awesome feeling of curiosity and I just let it go. And, and I just wonder to myself, I wonder how this story is going to end. I wonder how I'm going to be feeling in an hour or a half an hour or an hour and a half, as the case is in Jeff's case. This meeting was scheduled for 30 minutes, just like most of my rambles are. This meeting went closer to an hour and 30 minutes. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to play the first 45 minutes of this podcast, uh, of, this, of this call, the first time Jeff and I talk. But there's something pretty interesting. Um, in, in two things. One... I want you to I want you to hear the conversation. I want you to know this one's different. They're all different, but this one is uniquely different. And then at the end of the at the end of this podcast, Jeff and I are going to ramble a little bit more. Um, I've asked him if I can post this, and he said yes. And then I asked him if he would join me for an episode, and he said yes. And he's going to ramble with me at the end of this podcast. But then next week, uh, excuse me, next week's podcast, it is going to be Jeff and I again in a similar situation, rambling. Uh, you get to hear the actual ramble where um, we go deep on what Jeff's uh, wrestling with, what's really holding him back, what he um, wishes he wasn't dealing with, quite honestly. And now he's frustrated as hell as to the fact that he just can't figure it out on his own. And we're going to talk all about that. So look, I am super excited you're here. We're going to cut right into the podcast. I want you to know that, pay attention to this. Most of the time in these podcasts, excuse me, most of these times in these rambles, when I set off into a conversation, it's me asking questions and gauging the response. 
And you'll notice right off the bat, that is not what happens here. Jeff comes in, grabs the bull by the horns, and he pins me against the mat with question after question after question. And what we learned through the process is this is kind of how Jeff, uh, it's what makes him awesome. And by the way, it's what makes him unique. It's what it's what um, compels him to draw goodness out of people. But it's also a tool he uses to deflect some of the things that he doesn't want to talk about in himself. And I'm not even so sure he knows that about himself yet. He certainly didn't know that about himself when uh, when he called me and asked for a ramble. So look, here's the deal. You get to hear Jeff and I talk about things like fear, self-doubt, dyslexia, anxiety. And you get to hear a dude who's channeling his courage. And that's really, really why you're here. You're here to listen to dudes tell their stories about how they channeled their courage so that someday when the time is right, you'll feel ready to channel yours. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about. This is real ammo. This is a live conversation. This is the story you get to hear behind the scenes. And I can't wait to talk about it on the other side. Here we go. My man, my man. How's it going? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. I'm glad you are uh, getting away from your desk enough to take some photos of the farmland. Yeah. Because otherwise it seems like you're probably sitting there a lot on Zoom and writing. Yeah, I could, if I just opened up my calendar to just let people book whenever, I would be chained here, man. So Did I Did you put I some do... uh, constraints on it? Yeah. I... Oh, good. I don't let people book Monday and Friday. And um, I've got paid clients usually in the mornings of Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Nice. And so I really just open it up to Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday afternoons. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, nice to meet you finally. I've, uh, I'm fascinated at the momentum and you must be so psyched and scared and uh have the energy level that unprecedented just based <laughs> on what people's responses are yeah i look i tell everybody the same thing i'm as curious as anyone else as to where this is going uh if you'd have told me a year ago that i'd be helping dudes in midlife transition and figure out the second half story and getting serious about how they want to spend their time i'd have told you you're crazy that's awesome. Um, but here I am. Look, I, I, I mean everything I say. I'm, I'm here doing what I'm doing. I'm talking to you because one day I wrote a post about what, you know, that was a little bit vulnerable about having the opportunity to stay with a job that was a good job, really good with the company I liked. And I just, I, nah, I'm out. And I wrote about that. And I've been curious ever since I got my first email from the first dude saying, how'd you do it? show me what was the thought process how'd you know you had enough i'm like wow there's i guess there's something here and every day i show up curious i post i usually post to myself i just write to myself what was i feeling a year ago or two or three or four and um that's what you get here we are cool. well you were uh did you say i i can't remember if i read something that you said you were uh, have you written before i mean are you a you're not a writer with a writer's background but this is the first? Yeah. So, I mean, I, so a little bit, I'll tell you this. Um, and I haven't talked about this much, but I probably am going to start one. I'm dyslexic. Mm. So writing for me. So typos and the shit you see, I don't see it. Mm. I don't have an editor. I don't have a, I, it's me. 
So I've spent the first 20 years of my life, or at least the first 15 of actual time of my life when I'm writing up until about the age of 24, believing I was a horseshit writer. Yeah. Everybody told me I was, I spelled wrong grammatics. Again, I'm a bad writer. Yeah. Um, but apparently while my grammatics, I'm sure were horrible. Um, my sentence structure was probably not all that desirable. What I, how I processed what people wanted to hear was there. Mm. And it wasn't until I went to work for a U.S. Senator, my job for him while well, he was in D.C., was to keep him informed as to what's going on throughout the state. So I would go to meetings and I'd spend uh, attend on his behalf and I'd come back and there were three of us and I would write my, usually it was a weekly memo to him. And this was a big issue. Then there were dailies, but usually just the pulse of, of things was weekly. And I would hear from our chief of staff um, and from him directly that the content, the message, what, how he was able to feel what I was hearing. Was wow. So was such a gift. I'm like, wait a minute, I can write? Huh, had no idea. And so that's when I first said, okay, I, it's not a weakness. You know, it's a skill. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even know it was a skill yet. I just knew it wasn't a weakness anymore. Yeah. And then through business, I learned, um, as I, you know, whatever, you don't need to know, know my whole biography, but I learned that I was actually pretty decent at communicating to individuals, but groups of individuals through how I write and yeah. I can make connections through my writing. And uh, so that's how I used it. And it wasn't until about a year ago that I started showing up to LinkedIn and put it, putting it to the test there. That's awesome. I do think uh, a lot of your subjects or even sometimes um, there'll be like a phrase within something bigger you've written I think it might have been yesterday's or today's, but um, it makes me think of topics like I I've purposefully and consciously not made a list for you. <laughs> like I I have all these things. I'm like, oh shit! I wish Lon would write about these ten things that are taboo to talk about because you have the audience that wants to be pushed and wants to be a bit vulnerable and uncomfortable and they're willing to follow you into that scary place that they haven't been allowed to or don't know how to but um one of them so i have adhd i didn't it was undiagnosed until i was 48 and i turned 50 in march this year but um i only discovered it because we went through the process for my son when he was a freshman in high school and uh the doctor that we were working with was like, hey, when we're all done with this process, I need to see you. Uh, I need you to make an appointment and you need to come back in and we're going to take you through the same process. And and it has shed light on just having a name for something that I always thought was such a fault and a weakness and a like every bad thing you can put an adjective, every negative adjective to it. But only until maybe 49, maybe this year, do I embrace it and am trying to make my life match around it instead of making it match everything in life, you know? And so I think the idea of these, well, you've probably seen the the catastrophic level of depression and 
suicide among men, especially men entrepreneurs. I mean, it is, it's three to four times women, even though depression and anxiety diagnosed depression and anxiety in women is three to four times higher because guys don't go get diagnosed. They just figure that's the way life is. And they don't even know that there's a problem. And, but suicide rate, it's driven suicide rates up because they haven't dealt with it because they haven't been, they haven't had a channel an opening any kind of opportunity to even hear another guy say similar things that they're thinking. And I, I've heard you say it a few times and I thought the exact same thing when you and I started exchanging those uh, LinkedIn messages, which was how the fuck did you get into my head? Like, how did you hit on not even just the topic, but the words that I would have, or somebody else, another guy would have used to describe it. And um, yeah, I'm sure you get a lot of questions like, well, what's next? What are you taking? Where are you taking this thing? And and it's cool that you're on a journey with it. Um, the, but yeah, I, I think these things that guys believe are wrong with them may get in the way of them leading the second half of their lives because they think something's wrong or they don't trust themselves. Like you finally probably trusted yourself to write publicly, but I'm sure there's some doubt in there of like, fuck, what am I doing? Because this must be wrong. This must all be grammatically incorrect and I just can't see it. Um, and so that self-doubt, I bet for your audience is everywhere. They're just not allowed to say anything about it. You got it. I want to share something with you. Um, I was, I'm 48. I was probably 43. Sounds so young. <laughs> and, and married for 15 years before I said out loud to my wife that I have dyslexia. No way. Yeah. And here's why. My son, who's now 16, was probably 10 at the time. And his teacher, oh. a teacher, she kind of knew, she knew she was on to him. She wasn't on to me. She was on to him. She's like, ah, we just got to get him some help. Let's just get him tested. And we got him tested. And so we go in and we talked to her. It's like, well, does it run in the family? And my wife's like, no, it doesn't run in my family. <laughs> and I'm Yo, like, I, something uh, <laughs> I think I am dyslexic. Wow. Although I've never been tested. And she's like, what? I'm like, yeah. You just yeah, compensate. That's something I've been hiding. Uh, what do I'm you think? Hoping. What do you think? What is the positive, the superpower it's given you? Or do you think there is one? Absolutely, I do. And I think what it's given it? my son one too. I think dyslexia is a, uh, is a mysterious gift in that it forces you to sharpen all of the skills that other people um they just gloss right over early yeah i really believe that i think mm. i think one of the reasons i can articulate like this in in verbal and in process is that even though how i did it i knew might barble and garble but that i could communicate it and that i could build relationships with people so i could use my voice instead of my written word and how I thought big picture strategic instead of operations and minutia bother me because I, it, it, I didn't like to read the detail and it, it 
developed me into a big picture strategic risk taking yeah. thinker. I know multiple CEOs that are dyslexic and maybe five or six of them that I know well are the kindest people. I I asked you that on purpose because I've always wondered, I've never asked them, but you seem and they seem in similar ways have a level of empathy and connection that I don't find or haven't seen in a lot of people. But I didn't know, I didn't know if you thought that might just be natural or if you you had to discover ways to communicate and connect that wasn't written or that people didn't catch on to your written word. So you would, I don't, I'm not saying this disparagingly, but you would, you could perform and communicate and be on stage and not be nervous and all that kind of stuff. But if you had to actually write it out, you would have been petrified like most people are to get on stage. Absolutely. And by the way, Put me on, put me on stage in front of a thousand people with a topic that I have thirty minutes to prepare, uh, thirty seconds to prepare for, or give me the choice of doing that, or standing in front of a church of three hundred and reading the bulletin. I'm telling you, dude. I know I what be, you mean. I would be miserable reading something that's complex and theology, you know, something that's yeah. in theology and big names you've never heard of. And I could just destroy yeah. that would be misery for me. Yeah. Put me in front of a group after 30 minutes of, Hey, you're going to talk about whatever uh, corporate culture in, in today's world. Great. Let me Connect just the dots and wing it. I, yeah. I can see that. I, and I'm, I'm fascinated at not just that, that that's possible, but the contradiction in the previous version of your reality, like, you know, just thinking that you couldn't write, you couldn't read or something was wrong or, you know, the kind of the silent torture, Yeah, the juxtaposition of how extreme and negative and harmful that is to the the wonderful superpower and how positive that is to the, the, like, they're so opposite. And I, I'm kind of in that stage as well of like, I'm going to stop apologizing for it, see what I can build around it. I think it's for sure why I've been in marketing forever because it's a career that fits the way my brain works. I just thought it was the other way around, you know, like, that I love marketing and, you know, I, I, I can figure out how to operate in this industry, but I actually think now that I chose it because I had to, you know, because, because of that kind of connecting the dots, the, the vision and the creativity of it is similar in what you're talking about being on stage and that kind of thing versus the, the detail. Um, so I, I also have kept myself from writing down all the business ideas that uh, that the normal forty could have. Um, but I love. You've love, been doing me a favor by sending those along, by the way. No, so. they're they're all shitty. They just are a way for me to get it out of my head um, and give it to someone else. But what? So one of your big things is don't you know don't make the jump without a plan. It was the I don't I don't do calls with X Y and Z, but you're not suggesting people make a leap and, you know, leave without a plan, but I haven't heard you describe 
a plan. Maybe you're describing the curiosity of the journey versus the plan, but are you already, this is a bad word, but capitalizing or leveraging the momentum and, and have a plan for revenue from it? Man, I wish I could tell you that where this is going and how it's going to, how it's going to pay the mortgage is just crystal clear for me, man. It is not. Um, and you know, part of that's, that too is a gift. I mean, it just is. Um, so I'm writing a book right now. And the best part about writing that, writing a book, different than a post, I can show up and knock out a post in 40 minutes. And some of them hit harder than others. And some of them are a eight and some of them are a four. Fine. But a book is different. It forces you to think everything through. Yeah. Um, and it's been so good for me. Um, and, and so in, in that process, I've really refined out um, what it is, the normal 40 process. So it's, of course, what I went through. But to actually put that into material that is teachable and learnable and uh, conveyable so that it's, it's, it's more than just, hey, you're feeling this way, do something. It's like, yeah, okay, I'm here. And it's kind of the next steps of what you can do about it. But um, one of the, the, the question my publisher asks me all the time is, well, how are you going to, at some point, you got to turn this into, into a business. I'm like, yeah, I know. But here's the thing. Um, never in my life have I made, it's been 20 years since I've made as little as I'm probably going to make this year. And it's been 20 years since I've felt this on mission. Like you know, when you right first jumped right into a career. Yeah. Including the conversation with you now, Jeff, you're saying, you're saying I'm helpful to you. That for me, how I'm wired, how I am wired. I am. And I talked about this in one of my podcasts. I'm wired for better or worse to want to feel significant for others. And there's two sides of that coin. There's the arrogance and pompous and all that. And that can come out. Side, a lot of sure. people. And then there's the goodwill, good nature. Let's do this. Let's really improve a life, which hopefully that's what I'm rooted in. So this, this is all, uh, all part of, of where I'm at. So for me, I'm so fulfilled. I'm going to get off this phone call and I'm going to be wildly fulfilled with this conversation because I'll think, hey, maybe I helped this dude just a little bit. And maybe we'll get to talk again in a week or a month or a year. And we'll go back to this conversation and be like, hey, remember when we talked about whatever? And it was super helpful. And it's like, now I've identified, here's what I've done. I've identified what I'll do for free because I'm doing it for free all day long. I do have a paid option if you want to go deep and really do a process. Nine dudes out of 10, just like, I'll wait a few weeks. I'll do the free one. I get it. I'd be the same way. Um, but, but I'm fulfilled by it. I will. I know I will as I build this group of dudes who are like, all right, I'm ready. How I'm going to actually help them in a way that they'll compensate me for, it, it'll take care of itself. It'll come. I just don't know what it's going to look like yet. Can I stick two ideas in your brain? Oh, yeah. I've got, I know what I can do. I can do one-on-one -on -one coaching and dudes will pay me for it. I've got a few clients and I do enjoy it um, because you can go imagine having a conversation like this every week for 90 minutes and you've got homework and you come back and it's like, okay. And it's super rewarding for them and for me and they'll pay me and they're better and I'm better. And, and I will do that probably and maybe for the next 30 years for as long as somebody's 
willing to two things as long as we're as long as people who I admire, people who I appreciate, good people show up and they want to hire me and I can help them, I'll probably say yes because it helps them and it keeps me sharp. So that's one. Two is a small group. I haven't started it yet, but I keep getting asked all the time, hey, will you do a small group? Will you do a small group? And I, I need to just get to yes on that and then I can make money there. Three um, is write a book and I'm doing that. Um, there again, you know, you can't really live off I don't have any illusions of making enough money off a book to actually change a lifestyle. I'm just hoping to cover the cost of what it's going to cost me to put the book out. And then the last one is public speaking. And I can make money at that. Um, so as soon as I build up my my uh, my story enough to, to actually get hired to do it. Those are the four I know are available to me. Those are the four that have already paid me in some way, I guess not the book yet, but I know I know I'll sell enough. I'll sell enough to cover my costs, I believe. And um, I don't know what what it's going to look like beyond that. Here's there's a couple things that I uh, they popped into my head because of how unique the audience is. The the I love to see the shift. Back to the dude side, by the way, I could I could tell you were consciously doing that, um, and I I do think it makes a difference to the guys reading and listening and looking up to you. And um, but I could see I could see you trying that uh, more and more. The I think your audience is so it's beyond engaged. It's beyond like a loyal customer following, even if they were customers eventually, but they're connected in a different way, which is super rare. And I bet they would do almost anything you would recommend or challenge them to do that was in line with you and your brand and message and that kind of stuff. One of the things that I don't remember if it was something I read in the closed group by somebody else's comments or post, but um you know, having the runway, having the cash, a lot of times is enough. If that's not there, it's enough to keep a dude in his container um, and never make a change, especially with wife and kids and pets and mortgages and all that kind of stuff. Like breaking that apart, if you're not a full-blown risk taker or like, fuck it, I'll figure it out. Then, especially if you're introverted or analytical or anything like that, you're going to still be redoing research on your idea for 12 years, you know, because you just haven't finished the pro the research project. But the idea of, of imagine having money like a grant that could be given to just a couple dudes who are ready to make a massive change and by massive i mean impact like but you could very easily ask your audience for 10 or 20 bucks each to go to the community sits in escrow or anywhere that's safe and that there are two or three grants i mean i started doing the math and very easily you could have 50 grand from every single guy and girl that reads your stuff they would be thrilled 
And one of those ways to help dudes down their journey could be some money for their idea or for runway or whatever it is, but, or to invest in young dudes who, you know, so that they can get exposure to education or other things in their young journey, you know, 18 to 25 year old or whatever it is, but you have a, you have an audience that wants to help its community, wants to help you and they want to give you something back already. Um, and then I'll just tell you this other second one, and I'm going to forward this email to you. I get a, have you ever read the hustle? Remember that? No. It got, um, it started as a newsletter. It got bought by the New York times, I think, um, a handful of years ago, and they have a, a spinoff arm called trends and they do a monthly trends newsletter. And it's basically teaching people what trends are out there that you could start businesses on. But it also is teaching people how to create a business out of paid newsletters, paid subscription newsletters. And your writing and your topics, guys would pay 10 bucks a month, whatever it is, to get this amazing monthly or weekly or whatever newsletter from you with these topics or challenges or whatever it is. And you're, you're already a content creator you're already someone who knows how to connect with people through written word as much as you've had to work at it. You could, without a lot more effort, even if you had some of your clients willing to record the sessions and you could, those are pieces of content. Like you and I on this video right now, just like your podcast, this is content. And so if you, every month, we're including in that newsletter a real life dude's conversation and journey and you know the topics of the month that were the most commented engaging or i don't know what but you could bring in 10 to 10 grand or more a month just on a subscription and it's complementary to what you've already created not not a whole new creation if that makes sense makes great sense so when you and i started talking um, it was on my mind when, when you started talking about ADHD and I'm like, well, I should, I got a story to match this one. I'm like, this would be really good content, that clip about how dudes like us get to where we are. And we learn, we, we finally talk about it late in life. It's like, Hey, yep. it's what honey, we've got a child together who has what I suffer from. And I didn't mention it. Um, I, so I'm with you. I think, I think it's really great content. Any other idea I love, I've thought about it. I, I, I the freedom scholarship, I even have a name for it because nice. it gives you the freedom to take it. Totally. It's so cool that, that you think you thought I, I dude, I love the idea. Uh, and, uh, maybe it's something I should try. It is. Uh, the reason I say easy, it wouldn't be easy for someone like me. It would be the hardest thing ever because I don't have, I I don't have what you've created. It's it would be easy because, um, because you can put it out there. If you did it, you could put it out there. Being curious, I'm curious to see 
how this community supports itself, or I'm curious to see what the response is to this, or I'm like curiosity wins everything, right? It's it's not a request, it's not a demand, it's not even instructions. It is I am curious on everyone's reactions to this. Let's try it. Fuck it, let's try it. Like like that is already what you're telling people, and and um, and I think that as soon as you know, the idea of freedom, every, again, every single dude will get it um, and dreams about it and uh, and probably worries about it because that freedom can be uh, a curse, very stressful, no structure. You know, like for me, that freedom is essential, but the freedom is also very dangerous. Um, and I have to be conscious of the freedom and manage the freedom as if it is a, you know, I'm trying to think of an animal that is like the cutest, most cuddly, but could turn on a dime and just like go for your jugular. That's what freedom, the freedom is to me of having my own business. It isn't always pleasant, or at least it's a, it's, um, it can get dangerous. So um, the other Thing I was going to say is the hardest part of that curiosity that you might put out there is just the logistics of it. You know, is it Venmo? Is it it's GoFundMe is wide enough known now and trusted that and and I actually just I, I want to make you two offers. One is I would be happy to set it up for you on your behalf using all your logos and assets and descriptions and then give it to you. You can edit it for what you want, but that first step of having a freedom, um, I can even send you the short the short application for a 501c3 if you wanted to make, well, we got hours of story time together someday, but um, if you wanted to make it a 501c3 in the beginning, it, you know, to, to create a 501c3 does take quite a bit of effort and time for approvals, but they have a short form that gives you kind of like what you would equate to patent pending that it's in the process but still tax deductible but for gofundme if if you put that out there as a curiosity for this freedom fund for dudes i want to make a bet with you of how high it would go and um and the bet would be in-person lunch whoever loses has to travel to the other person and pay for lunch so we'll determine that dollar amount later. Um, but the, oh, the second offer is, so when you get, you know, those areas where you get into your flow state and you're like, I, you look back, you're like, oh my God, I could have done that for 12 hours straight. Mine is to facilitate basically workshops or those conversations where I get to connect dots, usually on whiteboards, usually you might think of it as business strategy and, you know, putting the parts together to show a path, but I don't call it that because I don't believe that I'm good at business strategy. But when I do these workshops, it's even surprises me. I'm like, son of a bitch, that all came together. Um, and I've done it for 18 years now. And I would love to do that with you virtually on zoom. I've got I turned a wall into a dry erase board on purpose um, and have lots of room to write. 
So you don't have to come with answers. I just ask lots and lots of questions and then we literally draw it out and you walk away with something. But if you ever want to do that, um, to, you know, hour and a half commitment, and I would be honored to have a call with you to do that. You're probably going to get a request from me to do exactly that, man. Good. That also keeps me from trying to solve your problems for you. And then all of a sudden, everything in your head or multiple people, if you want to have a few others on like Adam or others, but um, then is up on written out and you can start to see where things connect. I want to go back to something you said off the top. Can I stop you first? Yeah. We're at uh, 32 past the hour. We're fine. I'm fine. If all you're right. fine. I'm fine. Um, you use the phrase, um, you thanked me for bringing to light topics of taboo for dudes was the phrase you used. And you said, you've got a list of 50. I want that list. Okay. I'm all right writing them down right now. I'm all right. You email them to me. Those are the things I want to talk about. And I've got more. I want to talk. I am in my book. I'm going to have a piece on mental health, personal story on mental health. That's probably going to blow your mind. Good. And, uh, and it's a hard story to tell. And I'm not quite ready to, to go out and just start writing about it in on LinkedIn. Why? But um, because it's not just me. Mm. If it were just you, you would put it on LinkedIn? Yeah. I put everything about just me. It's about my kids. What Still. if you put it in the closed group? Um, I'm, I, I Still might. Still too many people know your kids? Yeah, I might. There's a reality to there's a reality to LinkedIn and all these other things. Like, yeah, I get it. It's um, there's a there's a um, yeah. It's it's a it's something that I've already thought through how best to get it out there, but I'm gonna get it out there because I believe too much in. Um, the damage that's there that nobody's talking about. And it's, it, so there's two, there's, there's two, there's, there's the, Hey, I'm an executive. My mental health image is sterling. My mental health reality is not great. There's that, but then there's a different one. And, and, and that's the one I'm going to talk about. And it's that, Hey, by the way, you can get so busy every piece of writing and every sign in the world that your kids are putting out that they might not be good is mm. there and you're missing it. Mm. And that was me. And so the reason I'm, when I say it's not just me, it's my daughter, man. Yeah. And so we've got an agreement of how we're going to do it. And she's, uh, we're on a journey, we're on this journey together and it's tough, but I don't, I don't want Look, I show up here to help dudes and I want to help them understand that where they sleep every night, they might be sharing a roof with somebody who's fucking miserable. And if they don't slow down just enough to have the right conversation at the right time, mm. they might have the worst day of their entire life. Mm. And that matters. And I've so I've got to, I've got to be. I can't just throw it out there as a LinkedIn post. I can't yeah. just limp into it. It's a, it's, it's, 
deserves a chapter in a book that you can just soak up. And that's why I want, I really think I need to, uh, I need to just put it there. Interesting. Yeah, that, I mean, a lot of times the message is in the medium. Um, we learned that early on in advertising and marketing, like you can take the exact same message, but if it is something so large or scary or entertaining or whatever, like putting the concept of a movie on the small screen in a TV series doesn't do that exact same message justice. It needs to be on a big screen. Same with the way you're thinking of how to get the message out there. Once it's out there, you'll I'm sure you'll build on it and have lots of conversations in every channel, but the medium is important. Um, so I commend you for being conscious of what, you know, how significant the topic is, but I, yeah, I'll email you. I have, I don't know where it came from. I think maybe from being different for so long. I mean, I'm, I'm almost seven feet tall and I've been this way since I was 14 or 15, like freshman year in high school. Um, but, you know, even before that, I was a five-year-old that looked like a 10-year-old. And so I had to find ways to fit in. But I've done, you know, TEDx talks and other things on some of the subjects just because I want to put them out there, like how debilitating fear can be and um, self-doubt and just these other things that we are not at all supposed to talk about or even shed light that we're, we're feeling any of it. And uh, have you ever, do you know what YPO is, EO and YPO? Yeah. Do you know the structure of it? Have you ever been in it? No. Um, that's for another time when we talk because there's a whole business model in it. I Not that I think it's incredibly... I don't know what, how profitable or anything, but the structure of it, they teach you to go to the 5%. This is one thing that I've, I was, I think I drafted a response to something and then I deleted it because it's too hard to explain in writing, but um, it's a business group. It's, it's more in depth than Vistage and those kinds of things. It goes into the balanced life, like, or it goes into all the parts of your life that impact your business. Your personal, your community, your family, and your business. So there's always four parts. You have a small group. So we there's, uh, I don't know, a few hundred members in Colorado. I'm not member a member of it anymore. But And you have, so there's hundreds of people around the world that are members of EO or YPO. And then you have your small group forums that are no more than eight people. And you know those people better than your spouses know you. You are, um, because the rule of 5% is, that we live in 90% of our lives sharing with other people. We save the top 5% positive and the bottom 5% absolutely horrendous negative because we will be judged for those percentages because they're so extreme. We'll be, um, we'll be ostracized by people. We'll be embarrassed. We'll be whatever it is. You are struggling right now to find the place, the time, and everything to share the bottom 5%, which is that maybe you don't think it's as tough a subject now because you've been metabolizing it and living with it and all that kind of stuff. But for the general public, that is like a very 
scary bottom 5% topic. When you live, sometimes you can't do it all the time because everyone would think you've lost your mind. If you're constantly walking around saying, you won't believe it, but I just raised a hundred thousand uh, dollars for the freedom fund. And it's like, it's these top 5% things or bottom 5% where the people who understand and are sharing in that way, the breakthroughs are unbelievable because you're not talking about the weather. You're not talking about the stupid shit in the middle, the 90%. You're at the top and bottom 5% and you really, that's where the vulnerability is, is in those little slivers. And you have cracked open, I would say both of those, it's not positive or negative that what you write necessarily, but I I believe that is one of the reasons why the response is what it is, because no dude, especially dudes, are used to those percentages. They're off limits. That is the rule. And you just popped out of somewhere, no one knows, and said, fuck it, they're... There's this 10% that I'm going to live in for you guys, and I'm going to show you how to do it, and I'm going to show you how to say it and write it, and you're leading that example, and I guarantee you people are out there like trying to say things differently now and writing things differently because of the way you've written them. So you could probably find something online about it because it is very consistent for, I don't know how long YPO and EO have been out there, probably 50, 75 years. I think, and and they are consistently structured that way. When you meet someone who's been in it and you've been in it, you can say, hey, I'm, I'm gonna, I've got a 5% moment, can I share it with you? And they're like, oh, hell yeah. Like I'm sick of living in the, in the middle, you know? Um, and the middle is where it becomes unconscious. The middle is where you just go through the routines, you go through, you you look back and you're like, how did 10 years go by like that without me even noticing? It's because I was living in the middle, not on the edges of real connection. And, and so I bet you could, even if you just Google that 5% EOYPO, um, you'll find some things that people have written about, I bet. I love it, man. That's really well said. And I, it, it makes, per I had never thought about it ever in those terms. And it makes perfect sense. And that's, that's helpful, man. It is a structure. I, I'm still very close friends with two people that were in my small group, and we haven't we haven't been members for four or five years. And we it's a it's a vernacular to call each other out when you know somebody's right there. They want to share something, or they want to feel connected. They also use the idea of gestalt, um, like. No, dude, especially this is created for entrepreneurs because entrepreneurs never, ever want someone to tell them what to do. That's actually the opposite. They don't want advice. They want um, gestalt, meaning I'm not going to tell you, I'm going to share an experience I had that you might be able to learn from. This is exactly what you're doing. You're not telling anyone what to do. You're sharing all your experiences and they're finding themselves in your words and so it's gestalt because uh, you're not instructing, you're just documenting your curiosities and they're finding themselves in all of it. And so you'll see now, you know, even a lot of comments, some people go right in there, especially guys, and they're like, 
here's what you do. Here's like, let me answer this for you. This is exactly what you should go do. And, and nobody wants that. They, they don't, you can't solve my, I've been working at these problems for 50 years. How is someone going to solve it in a LinkedIn comment in three sentences? They can't. But if they were to share an experience where I could learn something in there, that's totally different. Um, so anyway, I'm excited to see your uh, curriculum and all that kind of stuff. I got other thoughts on how to monetize that in multiple ways too, but um, I'll sh I'll send you, I'll forward you the email. I actually just got one today from that trends, that subscription uh, email and you'll read it and you'll get excited about like, not only the topics, cause it's interesting, but, um, but how I got great advice from a guy I hired as a coach and he said, um, and he's, a, he's a still, I think a sales trainer. Um, and he said, never create something once that you can't sell three times or use three times. And so the writing you've done for LinkedIn and probably all your other journals and other places you've written that haven't been public, you've created content. Now figure out two other places that you can use those or turn them into other pieces of content, you know, that um, create videos of reading those posts or those topics, or, you know, the same topic, same writing, turn it into one or two other things. And like, you're, you're a content company, unfortunately, because that spigot, you've turned, you've opened up the faucet and you uh you've hooked people with with your words um can i post any of this all of this sure of it, none of it any, any of it i don't care yeah try it what for you um what uh what's the dream for you man okay I thought you were going to say, this is my pet peeve when people are like, how can I help you? How really like, to me, it's not, uh, I'll answer your question. I'm I, cause I, I get, I get annoyed at, I feel like it's a shortcut for a lot of people who aren't really there to lift up others, but they've been shown that they're supposed to help first or just say that like what do you really want how can i help you you know that that type of stuff and it um bugs me but that's not what you asked i'm glad um the i would say i i can picture it in my head but i can't yet put words to it and i don't know if i can't put words i don't know if Putting words to it is difficult because I'm almost uh, unconditioning myself to my current beliefs, or um, or if it's just scary to put words to it and tell someone, you know. All right, here's what we're gonna do. Um. Let's book another call and let's go on a ramble.
do you listen to my podcast, either of them? My first one, I talk about the process I do. It's this. And we spend, we spend sometimes it's hours. Um, that's just going on a ramble. As and the lantern? I'm, yeah. Well, the lantern is the, the, it's kind of the lantern, but more the guide. The lantern is the fact that you've started following me. It's like, what the hell is this guy? How is he? Who's what? I'm on this path. I'm a marketing guy. I'm on the path. And yeah, it's kind of weird sometimes when I'm on this path. Uh, what's this? How does this guy know what I'm? It's here. How does he? That's the lantern. It's like, hey, by the way. I and then it. the the uh the guide is like, all right, let's let's uh let's ramble on this. And it's just it's me hearing you tell your story. And it's me, and you'll go through all of this process. And the way I the way I tell people to envision it is imagine I'm a farm kid, I'm a South Dakota farm kid. So imagine a section of land, it's bare. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to populate it with everything that comes out of your mouth. So we're going to talk about your kid, childhood. We're going to talk about where you grew up, your siblings, your family, your school, did you play sports. If you're a tall guy that didn't play sports, that's a story. If you're a tall guy that did play sports, different stories, you know, where'd you go to college? And it, we're just going to populate that. And I want to hear what common themes come out of it. And then I'm going to repeat it back to you. Mm. Sometimes elements that come out of that, it's like, oh, shit, I didn't even know that was a thing. Um, and, uh, and if you ramble long enough, you learn a ton about yourself because you won't even recall saying something 20 minutes ago that I heard that you repeated again over here at a different time of your life. And it's a ramble and I have no idea where it's going to go. I've got no, and I don't care. My job isn't to care where it goes. My job is just to populate the section of land and see what comes of it. And, uh, and that's a ramble and we'll spend an hour doing it. We'll see what happens. That would be awesome. All right, man. We're yeah. rambling. Yeah, um, I would love it. Good morning, my man. My man, how are you doing? Fantastic. How's my sound? Your sound is great, man. Your sound it is. is great. Or are you just saying that because it's Wednesday? Well, I, 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 uh, I can understand why you would question my honesty on a Wednesday, <laughs> but it really does sound pretty good. I'm, I'm testing these out because I can't make these work or that work or this work or anything. So you had one job to do, man. One job. Sound good. I already look good. So now I just have to sound good and I cannot figure that out. I hear you. Well, we're just going to go with it because that's the type of dudes we are. And that's how the normal 40 works, man. We just, we I just roll. I agree. All right. So, um, man, we're going to hop right into it here. This okay. is, um, I warned you that. Mm -hmm when we post this podcast that everybody just had a chance to listen to that um, we don't rehearse, we just get right into yes. it and we talk about whatever comes up. And I want to just start out really quickly. And, and I did, you didn't get to hear, you won't get to hear my intro until you hear this live. So that is a sweet uh, trick. Yeah, it is a sweet trick, dude. I hope you like it. Actually, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if I hope you like it. I hope it makes you squirm. <laughs> I hope it makes you squirm the way you made me squirm. Uh, That's in, just in, payback. In that's that, that's, uh, that's right. At the end I of the day, look who's got, we, look who's got the power. Your text two minutes ago was, hey, let's record an intro and an outro. And then all of a sudden, when I show up to Zoom, you're like, nope, you're not coming in. I'm going to record one on my own. And yeah, now I see payback. I'm a son of a bitch, man. I, I <laughs> was giving you the benefit of the doubt. All right. So let's get, let's, let's get right into it, man. So in September of 2022, I was... Um, 
I was about seven months into what I call the trade. And, you know, uh, when I started the trade, I didn't even know that was what I should call it or would call it or would ever call it or that what other people would come to relate to this point in your life, this feeling, this this thing that that gets you so tied up and wrapped up um, and that you've got a you've got a dream of someday trading the life you've built and constructed and manufactured for the life you want. And it's different. And so many people show up and they're like, yeah, I, I know I'm ready to do something different and I'm, I'm ready to give up what I'm doing. I just don't know what I want to trade it for. And so I started down that path and I started writing and, and uh, just showing up curiously to what it was. And in September, uh, 27th of September, to be quite honest, that is, that's when we recorded that call. It was just a ramble. I, I hadn't, I didn't know you. Um, I didn't know you followed me. I didn't, I don't recall getting an email from you. I don't recall you even engaging in any of my posts, but you're one of these dudes who went in and asked for a free phone call. And all of a sudden on the 27th, it shows up on my calendar that I'm going to talk to some cat named Jeff Donaldson. And I log into Zoom and I hit join meeting. And what everybody just heard was that. It was a 30 minute scheduled call that went for a little bit over an hour. And we are going to play 48 minutes of it. Um, and that's what everybody just heard, man. I would love to know, can you go back? Let's go back to before the call. And I would love to know what was going through your mind when you're like, hey, I don't know who this dude is, some dude from the internet, but I got to talk to him. Just walk me through what what you were thinking. Uh, so I'm one of those dudes. Well, how much time do we have, by the way? Let's one do minute? We, Let's be quick. Because the the podcast by now has already been about you know fifty That's challenging. minutes, so let's let's do it about ten. So forty four minutes for everybody's benefit. We are going to have another podcast continuation next week on this. So so be quick. Just what were some of the right. what were some of the poppers that were coming in? Why do I got to talk? Why do I feel it, compelled to talk to this dude? So I'm one of those people that one of those dudes that just consumes like crazy and rarely comments um, out of protection of self-image or insecurity of self-image. I don't need to protect it. There's nothing to protect, but I, uh, your writing, I think there were maybe a dozen of them that I read and each one was like this little, I don't know what the action is, twist, something that just kept on pinging me. And then the final one that I read before I reached out was when you said, let's have a call. You weren't saying it to me necessarily, but you put it out there and I was like, hell yeah, that like, if I could, the thing that I was hoping for or wanting was that the chance that the conversation like this was equal to what I was reading. And it was, and it has been the few times we've talked together, but um, because every time you wrote something, I would find myself, uh, I would stop breathing a little bit. Like, holding my breath like oh shit um and so i just wanted to see if we talked to each other i could tell you were an awesome person uh clearly to me you were and are an insanely genuine and caring person and i have worked the last maybe five years to put more of those people around me and get rid of the people that aren't or move those people further away and so I thought the chance that you and I could talk to each other, I didn't plan to hire you. I didn't plan for you to save me or push me or do anything, but I knew that it was going to be really interesting. Um, and it happened to be at a point where I, and I still kind of do feel bored, like 
in life, I feel bored. Things have gotten a bit monotonous or easy or familiar. And I knew that the stuff you were talking about was pretty scary and interesting. And so I wanted to shake it up a little bit. Cool. I will. Um, I never know what I'm going to get when I hit join meeting and I get that. That's pretty cool. I, yeah, it is. I get that. That's awkward, like a huge dopamine hit. I bet. <laughs> yeah. I get that awkward feeling of excitement yeah. several times a week when I hit join, join, join call and I get connected with somebody I've never met before and never talked to. And, and a lot of them have a very similar feel. I would say 80% of them have a very similar feel and they're all awesome. And I like to think, and I, I don't have really a way of judging this beyond anyone, beyond anything further than my own opinion, but I get off of almost every call. And I don't even know why I quantified that with almost, I think I've gotten off of every call I've had and I've had hundreds feeling like maybe just maybe this was an incident in their life that was just disruptive enough to inspire them to finally do something, not change everything. Mm. That's not what I'm going for at this point. It's just to think differently about one aspect of their life that moves them in a direction. And when you came on, um, it was different. You came on um, questioning me. You <laughs> came on with your guns blazing, um, putting me on the spot. You were You were really curious about me and about what I was doing. And it, it felt like you were curious, not only about me, but about where you can learn from just the normal 40 in ways that it can apply to you. And we hit on everything. Look, I can't believe as I went back and I re-listened to that and I hadn't listened to it in six months, we, we kept, we kept, um, we tackled, excuse me, a lot. We talked about fear, uh, fear and self-doubt and dyslexia and ADHD. And we shared some intimate stories for some a couple of dudes who really had never talked. And I would just love to know, as you now have listened to that podcast again, name one or two things that jump out at you that were like, holy smokes, I, I forgot about that. That is incredible. And we should keep talking about that. What are a couple of things that just hopped out at you? Um... Uh, the biggest thing, it's not that I forgot that we talked about it, but I was glad we talked about it is, is the fear, these, these layers of things that I think are all related, um, and start to cause one another. But for one, you and I've talked multiple times about dudes aren't, we don't know how to even identify them for one, talk about them for two or try to resolve them or fix them or help them at all for three. And so we just don't. And I think that's a big reason when people read your stuff, they all three things happen at once where they're like, motherfucker, that dude not only hit on something that I didn't know I had, he made me think of uh, how to express it. And he triggered me to figure out how to pay attention to it and help it. And for me, the fear, well, I see for me, I don't know which one comes first. I think my ADHD that was diagnosed just only, you know, when I was 47, um, answered a lot of things for me, but it also opened up a lot of freaking wounds that I didn't know I had. But I think that has caused a lot of my own self-doubt, which then causes a lot of fear, which then causes a lot of insecurities. And there are this freaking lasagna layers that you can't just get rid of the middle layer first. You have to actually cut through the whole thing and look at all of stuff in it. 
And I was glad that we touched on and that I found somebody who is equally excited to talk about taboo shit because I think it is it breaks my heart almost equally as much as it breaks my heart when something happens to my kids. It breaks my heart when dudes suffer without realizing why or suffer and know why, but they can't, but they're, they feel helpless. And I think it's pathetic. And I think it's sad that many of us, I won't say none, but many of us didn't grow up in households like that, where we learned, we didn't see our dads doing it. So we know we're not supposed to do it. And I, I think the biggest thing for me that I took away on that podcast was that there was un undoubtedly to me no no question that you were somebody who wants to shake it up and to me when you called it the ramble i was like oh hell yeah i want to i want to shake up people and you're doing it and i want to be part of it man that is so cool um it's actually something you're really hitting on something really important and that is the, the shit we go through and that we just hold to ourselves. Um, and if if you've listened to any podcasts or if you've read it, I know you have. I'm just talking in general, the listener. If you've read anything I've I've written, that's that's kind of what I'm going for. I'm trying to I'm trying to put out into the world the shit that we all go through, the stuff that nobody, none of us are talking about, but yet you'd be amazed. And I'm oh yeah, I don't use that term lightly. You'd be amazed at how much my inbox fills up when I start punching at something that somebody's going through and they thought they were going through it alone. They thought that this, they were the only one experiencing these things. I was surprised I, that you were surprised. Well, that's probably, I was, I, I'm I surprised was, that you I were surprised like, that I was surprised. Let's, that let's, let's put a layer on that is very meta. I think that it is relief you're hearing. It is the, the, exclamation from dudes that they're like fuck finally somebody whether or not they knew that was in them they had these this jumbled up you know bundle of junk in there and you said something or wrote something that cracked it open and made it clear in certain areas and you are hearing and seeing and feeling the the um the release of just tension and years of built up stuff. And I, I'm glad you're talking about, you know, making the leap or doing things in your own experience, going from corporate to what you're doing now. But I think there are a million little versions of those things. Like you said, it can be a micro version today. Like I canceled my meetings. My back is killing me because of certain things that you've written over the last six months. I'm going to do stuff that is only to take care of me today. And I've already gotten shit for it for my wife and others, because I'm not going to get my chores done and stuff at the house, but I'm like, fuck it. I have to, or else I can't help everybody later today or tomorrow, you know? So we, I, I'm happy that you're doing this because you are shaking it up. And, and even if it's helping people just in an afternoon, that's plenty, or it could be a, a lifelong thing that they're, that they're shaking up. But. So on the podcast, we, at the end of the podcast, um, I asked you a question um, and I'm not going to ask you to comment on it here because we do whole ramble on it, but I asked you a question. I, uh, we finally got around. Usually it's a question I ask in the first three or four minutes and it took me 43 minutes to finally <laughs> get my question out. And I, that I is, think I didn't want you to ask. <laughs> I think you're right. You didn't want me to ask because you didn't have an answer. My right. question was, what's the dream? And you stumbled and stammered. And I realized that 
to get there, we were going to have to do an, an entirely new um, call and, and we were going to ramble and we did that. And then, and so the next podcast that we're going to put out next week is going to be that ramble. We're going to play it. And it's a, so I want to say just, just a couple of things is it's, it's a, it's a raw and emotional ramble. I mean, you get emotional about some things that you're wrestling with when you're, when you're in it. Um, and this wasn't that long ago. We recorded this six or seven months ago. Um, and, and then at the end of next week's, you and I are going to get back on this call again, and we're going to chit chat about, um, where you're at now. And that'll be a whole new piece of vulnerable, uh, vulnerability for you. And I just want to say to you, Jeff, thank you for doing this, man. Um, the hardest thing about what I do is it's not hard for me to find people to talk to. It's fine. Hard for me to find people who will talk about it, who will comment, share, like, and participate in it. And I get it. That's not a criticism. It's totally natural. And so when I find dudes who are willing to own it, stand in it, express the courage and vulnerability to do it, I just want to say thanks because you're going to help. You're going to help people navigate it. And I appreciate it. Well, thank you for, I wouldn't be sitting here if you, what do you say? The lantern, the, the, the guide, if you hadn't put a little bit of light on it. So um, I appreciate it. And you're welcome. Awesome, man. Well, everyone, thanks for being here. If you like this podcast, please hit the like button. If you're feeling really awesome, uh, you can also endorse it. Leave a comment on it. And if you're feeling really, really awesome, you can go ahead and go to LinkedIn and share the link. Um, Jeff, thanks for being here, man. I look forward to you. seeing you on the next page and talking to you again next week. See you.